welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi friends, welcome to the ninth episode of Ed Leader. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. As we have new listeners finding us each week, I'd like to remind you that you can listen to past episodes and the conversations we have had with amazing Ed Leaders by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast player or by going directly to drrobjackson.com, where you'll also find show notes for each episode. We have a great show today. Let's get to it. I'm incredibly excited to be sitting down today with an inspiring ed leader who commonly refers to himself as a village teacher. He has been an educator for 17 years now, and as the 2018 North Carolina Burroughs Welcome Fund Teacher of the Year, he has had the blessing and honor of educating countless young men and women inside and outside of the classroom, both in public high schools and at Elon University as a School of Education adjunct professor. As a village teacher, he attempts to engage his students and now his fellow educators in the hero's journey and understanding the power of story as they strive together to understand their purpose and its meaning. He is currently an advisor to the North Carolina State Board of Education and a member of the Governor's Teacher Advisory Council, and most recently was named as the North Carolina State Board of Education's Director of Legislative Affairs and Community Outreach. Please help me welcome a bridge builder, a village teacher, an educator diplomat, an ed leader, and my friend, Mr. Freebird McKinney. Welcome, Freebird. How are you doing today, Dr. Jackson? I am beyond excited to be in the room with one of my favorite educators because you seem to have this joy that is absolutely infectious. When you come in the room, people just want to get on the train with you because you always seem like you're having such a great time. Where does that come from, Freebird? Where does all that energy and positivity come from? For years, I wasn't on my path. I was a chef. I'm actually a lateral entry teacher. And I was trying to find my way, and I, and I came to work and every single day with a zest for life. Eight years into my career, and I was about ready to take over a restaurant that I had helped open in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, called Boca Bay. And the restaurant owner and my chef and I took a trip down to Charlotte. It was that night after we had gone to the food show, and I was looking in the mirror, and I thought to myself, you know, this is a good life. This is a good career. Like, you love cooking. You love the the socialization of the line. You love bringing in new cooks and new stewards and, and, and working with them on a trade that you're passionate about. But you're not on your path. And you're not on that path and, and that purpose and that value hasn't completely been actualized. And it was at that moment that I realized like that I'd always wanted to be a teacher, that I'd always wanted to be an educator. And that part of the reason why I love cooking actually was the socialization and the community that occurs in a, in a kitchen and in a restaurant. Wow. And I got home and I talked to my wife and she looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> but we put together a five-year plan. That's awesome. 
Uh, and we put her through grad school first and, and she became a CPA. And then we put me through grad school at, at UNCG. I believe when I'm working with my students and I'm saying, you know, that the most important thing about happiness in life is understanding your place in this world, is understanding who you are as a human being and being a part of, of a community, what we call uh, a shire. And I think that over the last 15, 16 years in that whole entire process, I've achieved a, a level of, of self-actualization where I know who I am as a human being. I know my role and my purpose and my value in my community. And I'm able to articulate that and, and have this gift to share this with my students. And now outside of the classroom, as a conduit for for what it means to be a part of something and develop something, whether it's in a classroom or whether it's in a school or whether it's in a community, or now in this blessing and, and role as an educator diplomat, to be able to share that spirit and that that understanding of, of who we are as human beings with anybody and everybody that wants to listen. See, and I appreciate that you're taking the time to to share that role. And I've heard you describe the role the space that you're in as being a village teacher, mm -hmm. being the village teacher. Talk to us about what does it mean to be the village teacher? How do you see that? What What is a village teacher? Yeah, I, I want to take you back to fourth grade at Irwin Open School in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and share a moment. Man, I'm a, I'm a kid who's had five parents, three different full names. I've never really been able to have roots in life growing right. up. You know, even up through my days at UNC Chapel Hill, um, I hadn't really developed those roots that a lot of people kind of have that defines them as who they are as a human being. And Miss Velasquez was my fourth grade teacher, and I, and I think she noticed that in myself and several other of my classmates. And she, she did this amazing lesson plan one day where we walk into the room and, and she said, you know, before you guys go out to recess today, I need you to do a favor for me. I need you to sing We Are the World. And man, I remember looking at my colleagues at that time and just going, man, what, what is she talking about? She means like the actual song. And so she's like, there's a 45 record player over there. Grab the, grab the record and, and I want you to sit here and sing the song to me before y'all go out. And so we gathered up and we, you know, took several just miserable attempts. And finally she was like, you know, like you got to do each individual part. You got to do Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and Willie Nelson. And, and then I want you to sing your individual part and join in with the greater part. And so it took us about a month and we lined up and we sang that song to Miss Velasquez. And she just kicked back, man, with a smile, a mile wide and said, that's all right, right there. And you know, and it took, I, I talk about this because it took me years to get like what that actual exercise was. And it was so brilliant because she realized that there were students in her classroom that didn't feel a part of the community right. for whatever that meant, whether they experienced, you know, adverse childhood uh, experiences in their own life or, you know, adverse community experience was just they weren't able to develop that connection and that sense of community yet. Right. And that's the key word, because as an educator, it's always the yet. Exactly. We're always growing our kids. We're always giving our students the opportunity to uh, to transform, to use that self uh, intrinsic motivation, that autonomy to grow, and she gave us that opportunity. And a pop song that was as famous as could be at that time, with multiple parts and opportunities to come together, to synergize, and, and to be one. And from that moment on, 
there was a classroom community that was authentic and it was unique. And, and that's what it means to be a village teacher is how can you bring a, a, a group together that might not walk in to that door feeling connected, feeling a part of each other and figure out how to develop that sense of community. And that could be, again, within a classroom, it could be developing programs within a school that brings certain groups of, of students together. It could be being a coach. And then it could transcend the walls of our of our schools out in the community and, and being someone who can pull everybody onto the same page. And in ours, it's just moving public education forward right. because we believe that that is what's going to kickstart our students' pathway to their self-actualization. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much power and optimism in this word that you said, and you said it a couple of times because it's so powerful. You said the word, three letters, yet. Mm-hmm. When we say yet, we indicate a hope and an optimism that for our students, you may not be able to spell this word yet. You may not be able to sing this song yet. You may not be able to pass this class yet, but yet there's still hope, yet there's still optimism. And you seem to just absolutely bring that into the room, particularly when you're talking with educators, you have a way of bringing us back to those moments. You know, I think we could spend the entire podcast talking about that teacher's lesson in that moment, because one of the things I heard you say was she sent the class or the group over to the record player to figure it out for themselves. And there's a lot of power in that, isn't there? There is. We, we, are, we are a facilitator. We are a guide. We are mentors. And that's the key to the village teacher is that it's this old concept that, you know, there was an old man or an old woman who just stayed behind in the village while the parents were out farming. Uh, and there wasn't a traditional, you know, classroom. It, it, was, it was being a teacher of life. And it was providing the, the most, most opportune situation to learn. But ultimately, it, it's allowing our students to, to figure it out for themselves, to figure out what drives them, to figure out what their passions are, to allow them opportunities to, to look and to use that will and that drive and that desire whether that's a career pathway, whether that's a subject, whether that's in building relationships, or, or just simply understanding who you are in this great, big, beautiful world, and going back to that idea of, of your place and your role and your purpose and your value. And, that, and that's who we are as educators. And I think that's, that's right. the power of, of this profession, because it's not limited to just teachers in a classroom. That's right. It is every single human being that comes into contact with our students from the moment they leave their their house, so that could be a traditional family or a non-traditional family. It could be that bus driver, that child nutrition director or worker. It could be our custodians. It could be our, our TAs. I mean, it is our administration. And then where we really try to, to build that bridge even further is out in the community. Right. Every single one of us has a role in this process of allowing our students to figure out who they are in this big world. You're exactly right. And I really appreciate you mentioning those who those educators who may not have the title teacher Mm -hmm. because they make such a difference in the lives of our children in our school district and perhaps yours as well we have a senior walk so our seniors get their cap and gown for the first time they put it on they jump on the bus they go to the elementary schools and the middle school and they march through the hallways and there's hugs and laughter for their teachers But every single year, what I've noticed is the biggest hugs, the biggest smiles, the most tears are always saved for the ladies and gentlemen who work in the cafeteria, Mm -hmm. who drive the buses, who clean the schools, 
because that relationship is so valuable. And we very much appreciate, I appreciate you mentioning their role because it is so very important. Yeah, I, I got that actually from my, my good friend and colleague, Julie Pittman. And we talk about the impact and the role of every single individual in a student's life. And I think in the honor and the blessing of being named the 2018 Burroughs Welcome Fund North Carolina Teacher of the Year, the greatest gift in that experience was being a student right? and, and learning and, and learning particularly from, from Julie and from other, other educators across the state and their perspectives and the lenses about how they go about this craft and this profession and this passion and this calling. And to have the opportunity to be able to witness, you know, their uh, individual interactions with their students, but then, you know, how their leadership roles within their schools and those leadership roles and how they transcend the schools into the community. And just to, to learn from, you know, educators like you, other educators across the state, whether they be principals and, and superintendents or advocacy groups, it was a learning experience. See, and I love that about you, Freebird, because you were named the State Teacher of the Year, and congratulations, Thank extremely so well-deserved. Unbelievable honor. In that moment, you could have decided, here I am to share my story, to talk, and you approached it as, here I am, a learner, to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that that adds this incredible amount of authenticity when you speak because you really come across as someone who's here to learn with us, to learn from us. And by the way, here are some things that I've lived through in my experience and seen with my students. And here's what I witnessed on the other side of the state as I was traveling. As you've spent this time from the moment you were named the North Carolina Teacher of the Year to this moment, what is it that you're seeing in public education what is it that you would say to ed leaders, not only in our state, but really across the country and, and now internationally, we've been very blessed with the podcast, but what are you seeing and what would you say to those leaders who are immersed in this work? And I think it goes back to constantly learning from others who have been able to transcend barriers and issues and build out the possibility of a model. And I, and I go back to the, to the word yet, like we are constantly growing we are constantly learning. We are constantly trying to figure out ways to address the needs and the barriers that our students are facing on a day-to-day -day basis. But, but I have traveled around the state with, and built, you know, with so many of my colleagues, this network. And, you know, we use the word lighthouse is because we're trying to find individuals. We're trying to find leaders. We're trying to find schools that have taken something that might not be, you know, the most beautiful thing but have transcended. And I, I liken this to this idea of the educator diplomat, is we're constantly trying to build out and to, to make matches and to figure out like, okay, this group, this individual, this teacher has figured out a way to conquer this issue. And it could be on a very small scale or it could be you know, on, a, on a large scale. And I think that's the most important thing is there are absolute models out in this state right now right. that if we look at, and then if we give them the opportunity to grow, and if we give them the flexibility, like we have teachers that know how to overcome difficult situations. That's right. We have students who, if intrinsically motivated and given the space and the opportunity to grow, will, will far exceed any you know, expectations when it comes to student achievements. We've got leaders across the state that are so brilliant in ways to figure out how to serve their kids. If we give them 
opportunities and resources to do this. We've got district leaders who, again, have given flexibility, trusting in the practitioners who are on the ground on a day-to-day basis, listening to those voices and seeking advice. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we're in leadership situations, we're given the power to make decisions, but we might not always have the experience to make the best decisions. So allowing the models that we're seeing around the state. And I think one of the most important parts that kind of a vast network of educators are working on right now is mapping these bright lights, mapping these lighthouse moments and programs and initiatives and and activities that are doing this so that when you are faced with something, like look out and see if there's another group of individuals and educators that are facing this and then seek that advice and listen to how they're overcoming these barriers because they are out there. That has been the most powerful learning experience that I've had over the last year and a half. I think it's incumbent upon every single one of us who love children and who engage in this work of serving children and their families, we have to tell these stories. Mm -hmm. We have to tell the stories of the teacher who's doing an amazing job in the classroom, wherever they're located. We have to tell the stories of the schools that are overcoming the odds, of the districts that are doing more than might be expected. And in telling those stories, not only do we allow other educators, as you're sharing, to connect with them and learn from them, but we also, I think, increase the confidence in public education. You know, public education's been taking a beating for a number of years, and your speaking positivity into the air about the great things that are happening helps us push that back and really begin to ensure our parents have a good full picture of the greatness and the great things that are happening in our public schools. And I, I want to add one more thing on that. It's one of my favorite quotes is by Dr. Cornell West, and it is that, that education is soul crafting. That has always resonated with me because I've had the honor and privilege to teach IB philosophy for years. And so much of the curriculum is is really up to the teacher to devise. So we would do, you know, entire units on happiness. We would study the Tao Te Ching and and learn about, you know, personal and societal balance. And as we kind of tackle what it means to be human, so much of what we're facing in public education could be redirected in how we're looking at some of these barriers and issues. And I love as we look at providing just basic physiological needs, particularly in child nutrition, providing those communities within our classrooms that are safe and that develop that uh, that sense of belonging individually, but also as a collective unit. That's how we're going to propel our students to that level of self-actualization that we're all hoping that's going to then show in student achievement and and in the, the school about accountability and the outcomes that we're seeing through testing and other methods. But really, it's about that soul crafting. It's about, you know, providing resources, whether it's support staff that will help our students, whether or not it's providing the, that breakfast to k- kickstart their day. It's those basic needs that really allow that next level of soul crafting to, to occur. Absolutely. And it absolutely is next level. Speaking of next level, Freebird, you are next level. You've got mail. Just when everything is going perfectly, someone makes a choice that lands squarely on your desk. What will you do and how will you handle it? It's time to check the inbox. Oh, Freebird, there's the bell. That means that we have an inbox scenario for you. Now, this inbox scenario, Freebird, is right in your wheelhouse. I have heard you described as a bridge builder. 
Well, Mr. Bridge Builder, you've walked into a room of community members, not necessarily educators, and they're having a conversation about the place for public education and whether or not we need to continue to have public education going forward or if we should scrap the whole thing. You've just sat down and they've invited you into that conversation. What do you do and what do you say? Traveling around this last year and a half, it has completely cemented my belief that the educator is the true conduit for our students and our schools and greater society. I believe that the power of the educator who's growing, you know, depending on how your schedule set up, 90 students in a classroom to sometimes even 150 if you're on a six uh, period schedule, those are the future of our communities. They're the future of our workforce. They're the future of our society. And the power of the educator in that role has an unbelievable ability to influence, to grow, to develop, to facilitate, to guide, and to mentor these young students on their path to understanding who they are. So the power of education, the power of public education in North Carolina is the standard, it's, it's the fundamental piece to making sure that we do have the society and the community that we want our own kids to, to grow up to and, and live in. And I think that's the power of the educator, in my opinion. So the more that we provide resources, the more that we provide the support for those educators in our classrooms, they're the conduit for those students in our community. And I just, I want our educators to realize that, that if they're ever feeling like that they're not understanding that purpose or the role or that value in their current position, to always look to that educator who inspired them, who was your Miss Velasquez or their Doug Pierce, and realize that, that they are growing the future of our society, the future of our community, and, and the power lies, I believe, in the educator. I, I love these stories where people are like, I, you know, I don't really know if I could live in, in the community of where I teach. And like, I always find that funny because it, it's one of my favorite things to walk in the grocery store and spend 30 minutes talking to people <laughs> and telling them and sharing them the stories about my kids and I have the honor of, of working with Dustin's Greenhouse and Go Global North Carolina. So now the idea of the of the, the classroom conduit educator to an educator diplomat in the community has now turned into, you know, the possibility of an international uh, educator diplomat. We have these opportunities to share our students' stories to the world, but also allow them to develop them. And the same with our educators. So the power lies in the individual educator, I believe, as that conduit. And there's great power in that. And there's great power in this concept of educator diplomat. As I think about a diplomat, the person who's representing a group to another group, the person who goes to another country to speak up for their country, our educator diplomats have the opportunity, and all of us can be educator diplomats, but have the opportunity to share our story with the greater community, to tell the stories of the student who just seemed like they were going nowhere who walks across the stage with a path and a purpose and success right there in front of them. You truly are an educator diplomat. I just so appreciate your time. Thank you for spending time with us today. It has been an absolute honor and, uh, and a privilege, and I appreciate the lighthouse that you are for this state and, and the state of education and being a true educator diplomat. So thank you, Dr. Jackson. Thank you, my friend. I hope that you enjoyed our time together with Mr. Freebird McKinney. I'm 
guessing that his passion and contagious joy was evident as you listened to our conversation. He talked about the importance of finding teachers, principals, superintendents, schools, and others who are lighthouses across the landscape of education. My challenge to you as fellow ed leaders is that when we find these lighthouses, we need to share their stories and ensure that our communities truly know how blessed they are by those who are giving their all in service to children. Thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ad Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.